0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. In the previous two episodes, we discussed the six ghosts of fear. In the first of these episodes, we discussed the fear of poverty and the fear of criticism. The next episode, we talked about the fear of ill health and the fear of loss of love of someone. In this final episode of the six ghosts of fear, we discuss the last two ch- last two fears that Napoleon Hill lists out, which is the fear of old age and the fear of death. Now these two are obviously quite similar because one happens after the other, but the way we approach it or the, the way Hill has uh, written his approach to it differs fair, fairly. Now the fear of old age, he says the fear of old age grows out of two reasons. Firstly, the thought that old age may bring with it poverty. Secondly, the thought that old age will bring false and cruel teachings of the the past, which he says will bring back memories that were not too lightly taken uh, during our youth. In the basic fear of old age, man, he says, has two very sound reasons for his apprehension, one growing out of the distrust of his fellow man, who may seize whatever worldly goods he may possess, which is just fear of loss of property of shelter of wealth of anything that he has because at this time you're not generally earning you are um, not necessarily docile but just uh, inactive and in and in that situation you feel like your possessions can be taken away from you and if they did it's very hard for you to earn them back The possibility of ill health, which is a fear previously discussed, which is more common as people grow older, is also a contributing cause of this common fear of old age. The most common cause of the fear of old age is associated with the possibility of poverty. Now, Most people think that old age starts at retirement, which is about 60, 65. And once that's done, there's no inflow of income. Um, because people were usually dependent on other people, whether it's government or a private employer or something else. And that brings with it the fear of poverty. Poor house is not not a pretty word, he says. It throws a chill into the mind of every person who faces the possibility of having to spend his declining years on a poor farm. Another contributing cause of the fear of old age is the possibility of loss of freedom and independence. As old age may bring with it, the loss of both physical and economic freedom. Now, how does one spot it? Uh, the symptoms of, of the fear of old age are the tendency to slow down and develop an inferiority complex, thinking that everybody is better than me, everyone is smarter than me. Maybe, maybe because everybody is younger than me. The truth is that man's most most useful years, he says, mentally and spiritually, are between 40 and 60. And again. Just a reminder, this book was written in the 1940s and 1937 to be exact. So that range, the 40 to 60 range might have drawn down um, in in the century or so that the book has been written. Another symptom is the habit of speaking apologetically of one's self as being old. You would have heard a lot of people saying, this is my opinion, could be wrong because I'm old or apologizing for their age or for anything that they've done because they are old. Instead of reversing the rule and expressing gratitude for having reached the age of wisdom and understanding, people usually apologize, he says. And you, he says that this fear can just be outdone by just simply saying, oh, I'm old because, rather than saying that, someone can just say, I'm so grateful that I am this older, I've made it this or I've lived such a fruitful life. Another symptom can be the habit of killing off initiative, imagination, and self-reliance by falsely believing oneself too old to exercise any of these qualities. And last is, and this is again seen quite often, the habit of a man or woman of 40 or more, dressing with the aim of trying to appear much younger. This is again um, socially called a midlife crisis or something of the sort. Next We go to the final fear, the fear of death. The terrible pangs, he says, of fears associated with the thought of death in the majority of cases may be charged directly to religious fanaticism. For hundreds of millions of years, man has been asking the the still unanswered question of whence and whither. That means where did I come from and where am I going? In truth, no man knows and no man has ever known what heaven or hell is like. The fear of death, he says, is not as common now as it was during the age when there were no colleges and universities. With this, he's trying to bring about the fact that understanding science and and, and where we come from and the origin of species and, and whatnot, men of science have turned the spotlight, he says, of truth upon the world. And the truth is rapidly freeing men and women from this terrible fear of death. The young men and women... attend the colleges and universities are not easily impressed by fire and brimstone. These were the sort of um, scary tactics that were used by religious uh, men and women previously, before even his time, which we can see had lasted from uh, the 1930s, 1940s to right now, and will continue to last so. But it is slowly dissipating, not just in uh, developed countries, but also in developing countries, and also in the rural areas of, of developing countries. He says, this fear is useless. Death will come no matter what anyone may think about it. Accept it as a necessity, and pass the thought out of your mind. It must be a necessity, or it would not come at all. Perhaps it is not as bad as it has been pictured. I plan on reading this or least sending this to myself recurringly on every birthday. The entire world is made up of only two things, energy and matter, he says. In elementary physics, we learn that neither matter nor energy can be created nor destroyed. Both matter and energy can be transformed, but neither can be destroyed. Life is energy, if it is anything. If neither energy nor matter can be destroyed, of course, life cannot be destroyed. Life, like other forms of energy, may be passed through various processes of transition or change. But it cannot be destroyed. Hence, death is a mere transition, and this is again present in in, in various religions. But it is sold uh, for profit by various religious men and women. Certainly, in in um, Hinduism or any Indic religion, um, there is there is the teaching of the afterlife, when one life passes on to the next, and and his his form of comparison. Uh, from this and religious fanaticism is certainly clear at least from an Indian point of view but I'm sure it's clear from other uh, monotheistic religious religion point point of view. Symptoms of the fear of death. The general symptom of this fear is, he suggests one main symptom, the habit of thinking about dying instead of making the most of life. But why does this happen? This happens generally because of a lack of purpose and a lack of suitable occupation. This fear is more prevalent among the aged, sometimes is more, is found in youthful victims as well. The greatest fault remedies for this fear is a burning desire for achievement. And he says this still rings true. A busy person seldom has time to think about dying. He finds life too thrilling to worry about death. Sometimes the fear of death is closely associated with the first fear, the fear of poverty. The one's death would leave one's loved one's poverty stricken. In other cases, the fear of death is caused by illness and the consequent breaking down of of physical body resistance. The commonest cause for fear, he says, or for the fear of death, he says, are ill health, poverty, lack of appropriate occupation, disappointment over love, insanity, and religious fanaticism. That's it from this chapter of Think and Grow Rich. Please uh, Mm -hmm. join me for the next chapter where... I will conclude or at least hope to conclude this book. That will probably be the ultimate chapter of this book. Um, this book, we are currently in the final chapter, but it is quite long. And uh, in the next two chapters, we will be discussing a very important self-analysis tool that Hill has, has listed out. That's it from this episode. If there's any way that this can be made easier, better, and I can improve, please do let me know. I hope you'll join me next time.